Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Truck with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. In a trick in a book and I bake there All that I can find Superman and Green Lantern ain't got Another no Hello and welcome to issue 24 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark and I'm joined as always by the birthday boy wonder himself, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you? Uh, I'm just a few days older, but uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm, I'm very good. Uh, yeah, thanks for that little shout out there. Yep, my birthday was on Tuesday. Um, so not a really milestone one, just kind of moving into the mid 40s at this point. So <laughs> yeah, or I low 40s. That. Low forties, I guess, but still. Yeah, you're still a little behind me. I turned forty six in August, so yeah. I'm I'm, st- I'm still mid forties, but I'm I'm starting to edge out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're the old man of the group. I am, yeah. Except except uh, like among like you and I and the nerd herders and stuff. Yes, but then when we hang out with our larger group, uh, gaming group, I'm I'm not. We have a few that are that are a little yeah. older. So yeah, they're they're in their fifties. Yeah, some of them. So. Yeah, but that's cool. You know what's cool about that is that we're we're an interesting generation as far as that goes. We're a generation that grew up with the early days of D and D, the early days of video games, the early days of of a lot of things. That, and so we're gonna be we're gonna be old men still doing all this stuff, still playing Dungeons and Dragons and and uh, you know playing video games and all that. Yeah, and we'll hopefully not be the weird old men playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are some of those around too. The, uh, the the even older than us that are kind of like the old grognards that played the old like uh, you know Avalon Hill, Chit, and uh, board based uh, strategy games and all that type of stuff. But um, yeah, uh, the, and and there's there's weird people everywhere. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's not. Uh, <laughs> but but I know who you're talking about is what I'm saying. There are there yeah. are, there's definitely some some people like that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so we um, we have a beautiful summer day here in New Hampshire. Uh, summer, for some reason, actually, I think I know the reason. It makes me think of comic books because uh, I don't know I don't know if I've ever told this on the show or not. But it's um, like when I was a kid, I, I grew up on the water and I grew up in uh, on a little stream that connected two pretty large lakes in uh, in Maine. And so I was in the I was swimming all the time, all that type of stuff. But one of the things I would love to do is take a uh, we had like one of those inflatable rafts like a one person inflatable raft and uh, on a day when like I wasn't out riding my bikes with my friends or, or swimming or whatever I would take a stack of comics and get in that raft and just float around and read comic books and uh, I had to be careful obviously not to not to dump them in so I maybe didn't take my favorite books but I would uh, yeah I would just take like like 10 comics and just go like for an hour or two and just float around it was it was fun that's a, yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, com- um, summertime was definitely a bigger comic time for me as well because it, it meant that I had well either a summer job or just a little more freedom to kind of go to where I could get comics. Um, like I said, a, a lot of my comics were purchased in Maine during the summer as well um, at Laverdia's drugstore. Um, so um, yeah, I think of it. I think of it as a summertime thing uh, as well. It also. And again, this may just be an impression, you know, uh, it's a time of year where I think we do see new titles too. Um, and I don't know if that's kind of an industry thing or not, but there's a bunch of cool new titles out and stuff that's happening too. So I don't know if they try to tie that in, you know, figuring, you know, people, people aren't at school, they'll be reading comics, uh, during the summer. So yeah, I definitely see that. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder if there are they do kind of ramp stuff up a little more, and they know people are maybe. I always associate it a little bit because you talk about being in Maine and buying comics, and I do associate it with with travel in the summer as well. Because like if I'd go on a, we never took real huge trips uh, when I was a kid growing up, but we would you know we would do <clears throat> day trips, or we might like stay at a. Um, you know, stay at a place on the beach on the coast of Maine for a little while or whatever. And we would, I, you know, my parents would pick me up a couple of comics to read on the trip or whatever. So yeah, I think, I think that does make sense. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So Andy had a bit of news that we were going to discuss before we get into the regular segments. So, uh, yeah, why don't you, uh, start that off, Andy? Yeah. So, and again, this is one of those things where I think I'm a little more in tune with what happens with kind of Marvel, um, and the Marvel universe, but I heard, uh, and I know this was kind of announced last month, um, that, um, DC is actually closing its DC vertigo imprint. Um, and uh, along with two other ones, uh, DC zoom and DC Inc. Um, those aren't ones I was as familiar with, but vertigo as an imprint was a title that, you know, had, you know, some really iconic ones like Sandman and Preacher, but there were other ones like you, you read, and I think we might've read it for this. Why the last man, like that's a yep. vertigo imprint. Like that's also back way back uh, in the day, like where some of the swamp thing stuff was as well. So it's really interesting, you know, where, where some of that stuff, I think that's where, um, they did like I'm reading right now, like Wildstorm, um, and that's technically an imprint. So they're saying it's going to continue, but it's really interesting to to kind of see what's happening with this. And and you know, one of the rumors I heard is it's the it's basically new management at Warner Brothers is is dictating some of the things that are happening at at DC, um, and that's a very kind of interesting, you know time for for dc and there's there's still that question about and i know it came up last year and i think it's coming up again now is you know are they going to look to unload you know dc um you know it's it's happened in the past where people have kind of you know and it's interesting because you know that also so it's not only the comics which you know is obviously relevant to what we talk about but if you think about it you know when you sell dc you're also selling the right to all the merchandise as well like so that's and i think they make far more on the merchandising of these characters than they do on the comic books these days oh yeah for sure because you still see like like mainstream stores too like like target will carry batman t-shirts superman t-shirts like you can there are so many uh, places that you can go and and find comic book related merchandise and dc's very high on the list obviously right there with marvel on that stuff because they have some of even though marvel hits you know has really done so well with their cinematic universe and has brought so many more characters to the mainstream a lot of people around the world, if you just say, hey, name a comic book character, there's a decent chance it's either Superman or Batman or the first two out of their mouths. So two big DC, big hitters right there. So, yeah, all that stuff is is uh, is huge. All that there tons of money comes in from those other things. Yeah. So that's really like that's a really interesting thing, um, you know. One of the rumors out there was, you know, um, a company like, you know, Amazon coming in and buying DC. You know, we, I know we don't, we promote, um, 
comicsology quite a bit just you know not because of any kickbacks we get cha-ching uh but more (laughs) in the sense of kind of an ease of use thing but that would be very interesting to see if you know how does you know what happens when a distributor like amazon would potentially own the dc property and also what would that mean for like amazon like the amazon prime service and like all of the tv shows and stuff like could they do something with like those shows like what netflix was doing with some of the marvel characters right well and dc has its own uh, streaming imprint right now because they've got the the swamp thing although that was canceled but they have the the titans (laughs) the titans show and they have other stuff on there too so but what about an even crazier idea? What if what if Warner Brothers cut DC loose and Disney picked them up, and suddenly Disney has both of the big comic companies? That that would be crazy. I mean, I'm not saying that could happen, but but I mean, stranger things have happened, and and that would just open up some unbelievable prospects for movie crossovers and and things like that. I I wonder about that though because then the only problem is, is then do you start to dilute your brand a little bit by having both? That, like, yeah, uh, and that's businessy stuff that I don't understand. That's way beyond me. So that's why it yeah. may never in a million years happen. But you know, but it is because at that point, like I I think what you would see is the collapse of both DC and Marvel characters. You they would winnow that down very quickly. Um, because you'd be going after the same market with some of those products. Like, um, yeah, I think it's more that you're going to see somebody, uh, another kind of multimedia publisher, whether it be like a Netflix or an Amazon, someone like that, or again, you know, someone that wants the, uh, the merchandising line that doesn't care as much about the comics, um, but wants the merchandising line, um, you know, to, to be able to produce, you know, toys more than comics. Uh, and then that always makes you kind of nervous about what happens in terms of the media element of it, the, the comics, the movies, the, the cartoons, all of that stuff. There's always been a DC cartoon on for as far back as I can remember, you know, there's always been something, you know, even flipping through cable the other day in a hotel room, like, um, uh, teen Titans, like the newest version of that was, was on, you know, um, so there's always been something out there. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. There's, you know, I think the, the comic side might be struggling a little bit, but I think there's a lot out there in terms of potential. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely bears, Bears watching. We'll have to see what's going on. But um, yeah, no, that was good, a good uh, topic for conversation because I had not heard about that. But it, it could have repercussions in you know beyond the comic book page as well. So right, right. So that'll be very interesting to see what happens happens with that. Yeah, um, like I said, that's that their plan, you know, going forward. But it's one of those things where you know what happens when you know you have that giant kind of conglomeration. You've got you know. DC being owned by Warner Brothers, which is in turn owned by, I believe, AT&T, like it's just, you know, or soon to be owned by AT&T. Um, yeah, it's a it's a crazy, crazy little, you know, story. And to think years ago, like people like DC and Marvel were kind of bargain basement properties that, you know, were being bought and sold and nobody was monetizing the right way. And now can, can you imagine like what you could have bought Marvel for 20 years ago? Oh yeah. And we, we've talked about it before. Marvel went through bankruptcy. That's, that's yeah. crazy to think now, but, yeah. but yeah, they did. They did. And they couldn't, couldn't give away some of their properties. It's yeah. Times have changed for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that just as kind of an aside, just like, you know, and what, you know, and that'll be interesting to watch and see what kind of changes start to, to come out of this. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's kick off the regular segments then. Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, welcome into the poll list where we discuss our current reads. Once again, Andy is going to far outdistance me in the volume of uh, of books read this month because uh, a I'm very behind on Star Wars, which is one of the few things I'm still reading, uh, and b among the only things I have read uh, is I, I'm actually behind on Conan as well. The only thing I'm up to date on, and I might even be out of date on this now that I think about it, is uh, Savage Avengers. That's about the only thing I think I've... And that was just issue two, so I am I have a big stack of comics next to my bed that I have not uh, been able to get to yet because of just busy summer stuff. So so I'm going to kick off real quick because i got one thing to talk about, and that's Savage Avengers. Uh, have you read uh, issue two? No, I haven't. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to keep going with that one. I might... Um... Yeah, because I think I think three is out now. Uh, it even. probably is. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm up to date, and then I was like, no, I think I picked up two like three, at least three, four weeks ago. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I read the first one. It was okay. I just the first one was really neat because it was it was Logan and Conan um, kind of one offing each other, and that was and that was fun. Um, you know, so I I don't know where I'm gonna go kind of from from there it just i don't know how conan kind of fits in that world it's i i picked it up the the first one you know just because it did have conan and and punisher who i like a lot so it i i figured i may as well give it a try and see if it was contrived or if they could do something cool with it i did enjoy it i think we talked about it last month but uh issue two is good it's it's good i'm enjoying what's going on and we're kind of learning how this all comes together but the thing that i keep wondering is is this a limited series? Is this an ongoing? I don't see how this can be a sustainable series. So it makes me wonder if it's like a, I don't think it's a mini series because I think it would be numbered that way. And we'd know that, you know, maybe it's a maxi series that goes like 12 or even 20 issues. Uh, like they've done with star Wars, uh, Darth Vader, like, like Marvel's done with that. So I just don't know where this goes. That's all I'm enjoying it. And I, I, I do like it and I'm looking forward to picking up three, but um, I just don't know how sustainable it is. Yeah, um, I'll I'll probably read two and three at least. I usually give them like a five. You know, I give everything kind of five. I know sometimes that puts me in the middle of a story arc, but I can usually tell by then like whether or not I'm gonna I'm gonna like it or not. Um, 
and again, I it's one of those things where part of my problem too is how like like at what point, and I don't know if they mentioned it in one. Like at what point in time is this pulling Conan from the Conan story too? Because you know if they're pulling it from like early early Conan, you know, like when he's you know still really the the frontier barbarian like i have a hard time having him like accept what's happening and stuff but if they're pulling it from later conan where he's like seeing a lot of crazy stuff i get that and i don't know do you know like where i i feel like that hasn't really been hinted at or it's something they're not addressing and maybe it's because of what you're talking about and actually i think i think your point is is a good one because you're right if he's early kind of not feral but more rough around the edges Conan you know hasn't seen a lot of whether it's magic or cities or things like that then you're right he's probably not going to be uh just the whole situation is is going to be so foreign to him that he's going to he's going to have a hard time with it so i think maybe they're avoiding that on purpose and obviously he's been pretty much drawn the same throughout uh his run too so even even in the old marvel books and everything you couldn't even though it did bounce around just like the robert e howard stories you you could never really tell you know how old he was or anything but you could tell a little because they would do things like like when he would experience something like for the first time they would do a good job of like letting you know that like this is the first time he's like he's come across this you know this type of magic or this region of uh, Hyboria. Um, Cause like, I'm thinking of like the tower of the white elephant, um, sure. like yeah. in that whole story arc, like, and how like crazy that is, but like it builds up to its craziness and he kind of gets, you know, um, and you can tell like he's pulling from past experience and stuff um, because that's what I like. It's, it's weird just to drop him in, with like ninjas and wolverine and you know have him be like okay like yeah it's they're almost making him like and i know they do this over time with the robert e howard stories too is they make him smarter than he was and again i get that he he progresses like his character you know go you know mat- well not really mat- yeah matures but also becomes more Worldwide, like i just wonder where he is in his kind of you know progression at this point yeah yeah, yeah. No, and again it's something i think they're not looking too deeply into within the, yeah. the but um yeah no it's it's good i'll i'll keep picking it up and see where it goes but uh yeah i was mostly just wondering how far they can go with it so. oh yeah yeah so that's no, really that that's absolute sense yeah, that's the only one I had to talk about. So I'll um, let you uh, focus on some of the ones that you've been reading. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, I you know I have a huge list of ones that I buy every month. So um, all of the the Conan kind of um, imprints right now, um, I'm keeping up with those. Um, the with Star Wars, it's the primary Star Wars line and Doctor Afra that I'm still reading. Um, the the newest Star Wars, they they just closed out a a really long story arc um and they're starting a new one now um and they did one of those things that i don't know if i'm gonna like where they're telling three stories at the same time basically the group is split up so there's oh yeah going on i'm like oh which means i basically get like three a third of a story um that's kind of an old school 
Yeah, that's kind of an old school Marvel thing with the Star Wars because the uh, series because they, you know, there was that decree from Lucasfilm, especially in between like like New Hope and Empire, that you know it's like, hey, you, you can't touch this, this, and this. So they'd, you know, certain storylines they're like because you can't step on what's going to come in Empire. So you would have Han and Chewie off doing something, and then you would see Luke and Leia doing something else, and kind of Han and Chewie took a lot of the center stage. It, at that time in the comics, which was cool because they're obviously super popular characters, and I loved it as a kid. But you did have to kind of check in on on Luke and Leia, and you know C three PO, and and everything else going on, and show Vader from time to time to to keep people interested. But they did have to split them up a lot. So uh, I'm I, like I said, I'm I'm a few issues behind, so I'll catch up and and kind of see what you're talking about with that. But I am I'm curious if that's a if that's a conscious decision on their part to kind of harken back to the old Marvel series in that way. Um, yeah, it might be, but, but part of the problem too is one of the matches. So they have Luke off. Um, I think he's by himself. They have Han and, um, Leia together. Uh, but then they have C3PO and Chewbacca together. So I'm like, oh, you've got the guy who doesn't talk and the guy who you don't want to hear talk. All right, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but there's another new kind of Star Wars uh, series that just came out too, um, Star Wars Target Vader. Um, so this is going to be, uh, you know, a limited run, six issues, uh, basically about a bounty hunter team that's going after Vader. Uh, that sounds awesome. Yes. Uh, Dengar is in it. He's really one of the only kind of characters that we would quickly recognize, but there are some cool, there are some cool characters in there. So, um, that one's fun because like in the very beginning, like Vader is just, a complete badass like like he was doing in his own little vader series before so that's always always super fun to watch vader just kind of come in and carve stuff up um uh let's see what else um oh a new one that i'm trying out um weapon plus uh it is it's wolverine and captain america together uh and it's it's that idea that um you know, the whole Captain America program eventually leads to the Weapon X program and and Wolverine and a lot of other kind of Marvel characters. Um, but, you know, it's really taking a deeper look at, you know, who who was behind the super soldier program. And, and, you know, you know, even though you had like rocks on and all those other kind of companies out there, like there had to be somebody behind all of that the whole time to they're if they're all going with the same idea it's probably something kind of behind the scenes and more nefarious so um yeah so it's basically looking it's it's logan and captain america doing a little bit of detective work together um and getting to see kind of how they're related and how that kind of shaped the marvel universe so um i i thought it was fun yeah yeah, and that's always a cool combination because you're right; they do have that kind of connection uh, in a few ways, really, because they're they're both older characters out of you know out of their own time that have that have lived you know uh, longer lives, and they have kind of the you know both have been altered. Uh, yeah, that's and and also personality-wise, it's a very different 
uh, approach from both of them too. So it's a that's a that's an interesting matchup. Yeah, yeah. So that's fun. Um, uh, a couple other new ones that are so they're doing uh, back when the 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 latest version of Secret Wars was happening. Um, the one of one of the storylines that they had they had put together um, as part of that had to do um, with the um, um, oh now I always forget which gem it is it's the um, the um, the soul gem sorry the soul gem that there is trapped within the soul gem is a series of smaller multiverses um and what they did is they did an ama- there's one that's in a an amalgamation so it's called secret warps so when they first did this basically it was it was combinations of different characters so captain america and sorcerer supreme you know were one character called soldier supreme and you know that character realizes that he is you know in his universe, he's an amalgamation of kind of two other characters from different universes. They have brought that series back, and they're doing a whole kind of you know series within that called Secret Warps. So the first one was Soldier Supreme. So it's it's you know again that idea of um, a combination of Captain America and and um, Sorcerer Supreme. You know, but they're also doing. Uh, Weapon Hex again, which is kind of a combination of kind of Wolverine, well, female Wolverine. So and um, and then they're doing uh, Ghost Panther as well. And then they're all they're fighting all kinds of. There's other characters in there. Uh, Arachnite will be in there soon again, which is a combination of like Spider Man and Moon Knight. Um, it's so much fun. I I loved Amalgam Comics. This is the same idea, but it's just in the Marvel universe. Uh, it, it's explained very well as to how they actually exist. So, it to me, it is it is super super fun to uh, to read these um, because it's it's awesome where they come up with these ideas for combinations. Yeah, and it's funny because I uh, not to not to jump too far ahead, but in our somebody's, I noticed in doing some research that uh, our somebody's pick also has a hand in this uh, the warps as well. There's an amalgam with that character as well, so we'll we'll talk about that when we get to that part of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's again, it's it's been like that's a a really fun one. I'm just trying to get to the the back page of this one because it has like a list of some of those amalgams. I think. But uh, yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. So that's been that's been a lot of fun um, because the 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 way they're building out those characters is just yeah. It's just neat. It's just a neat. Con- I think it's a neat concept. Um, and I have a lot. Yeah, of- I I love those the amalgams. They're really cool. I I enjoyed even though the story itself wasn't great when when DC and Marvel did that crossover with the amalgam. Um, like the the story was kind of lame and and. Uh, overall i thought the whole the crossover itself was boring but the amalgams that came out of it were cool like there was some really cool combinations in there so yeah so here's here's one of the better ones so it's so it's captain america and doctor strange makes soldier supreme so wong is partnered with is amalgam with bucky so he's bucky wong he's a he's like a ghost like it is it's so neat and they also took like us agent and uh, one of the Cal Calmu Calu or whatever, one of the other um, kind of 
um, characters out of Doctor Strange, uh, one of the kind of the washouts from that almost was uh, Sorcerer Supreme. So they have the U.S. Archmage. So he's kind of because it's basically the washouts from Captain America and Doctor Strange are combined into a character. Uh, oh, that's cool. Oh, uh, and then they have uh, Dormammu and Red Skull for Red Dorm- Dormammu, and that's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, so it's all things like that. Um, they did uh, they combined Thor and Iron Man uh, together. Um, yeah, it's so much so much fun to do those ones. Uh, and then the lat so the one more new one that I started. I don't know where it's going to go. Um, it was okay. Um, they're doing a Blade Runner 2019. Uh, it's Titan Comics, uh, but it's another uh, it's another runner, um, and she is not hunting a replicant because basically she's done so well as a runner that there aren't any really replicants left for her to hunt, and she's actually looking at a uh, a kidnapping case. Uh, but she has some of her own bag. It's very similar to kind of what Decker had. But it's really interesting because it's literally happening at the same time as Decker. And they're mentioning things that would relate to that kind of movie universe in the book. But they're, Decker's not in it at all. Um, so, so I'm sorry, what's the time frame? It's 2019? 2019, yeah. It is. Okay, so that's when the original was set. So it's yeah. not. it didn't jump forward. It's setting it right around the same time as what we see in the original Blade Runner movie. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I'll see. I'll give that a couple. Uh, I love that universe so much that I got to give it a couple. Yeah, I'll have to check that out too because I I do too. I love that. um, The original uh, Blade Runner is one of my favorites, and uh, I I enjoyed the the Blade Runner 2049 as well. Yep. Nice. So my pick of the month, though, and I know I've mentioned this each time a new issue has come out, but... Spider-Man Life Story. So I, that's the one they started it in 1960 uh, with kind of the creation of Spider-Man. And each issue has, so they did, and then they did the 70s, they did the 80s, they did the 90s. This was the aughts that they just did. It is so good. It is because what they're doing, they bring in the idea of the Mutant Registration Act. And, oh, okay. But this is this is a forty-year-old Spider-Man, not a you know a teenage Spider-Man. Because really, in that when they do that that mutant registration act and all of the or the superhero registration act, like he, it's still portrayed as a young Spider-Man. You know what right, I mean? Right. Only twenties. Like this is a forty-year-old Spider-Man with kids, uh, and there's some other things that have happened. But it is, and it's a it's a older Steve Rogers too, because he's been back on Frozen for a while. It is an older Tony Stark. Um, it is awesome. Uh, it is one of the better ones out of that whole one so far, because they're doing such a great job of tying in key elements of the Spider-Man stories over the years, but they're setting them in such great new ways. This one is Oh, it was it was awesome, and there's also a, a, a like a Morbius uh, type character that's in it this time around too. So, yeah, um, it's fantastic. It's it, it, to me by far is one of the best written ones out of all of them so far, and they've all been well written. Uh, but this was this was really good. Yeah, that's one I keep I keep meaning to check out because I know Sweet. you're really enjoying now, it. Four, so that's five of six. So six of six will come out 
uh, next month, and then a couple months after that, they'll have the trade. Yeah, yeah, I definitely got to jump in because I I do love Spider Man and I I really like this concept and uh, it, it, I know you've been enjoying it a ton. So yeah, that's definitely one. Maybe I will wait for the trade, but uh, but I'll definitely keep reminding me because that's one I want to check out. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, Any uh, anything else for the pull list? Uh, the only thing that I'm looking forward to is um, there's two. So there's two new kind of X Men titles that are coming out: House of X and Powers of X. Um, they're, they're kind of doing some reboots in the X-Men universe there. They've been doing a whole series um, uh, related to Age of X-Men and stuff that I started to get bored with because there were like f- four titles. Um, I did them like Next Gen, Extremist, Prisoner X, um, Major X. Um, and I read them all, but towards the end, I was just like, let's let's get let's get to the end and see how they're what, where they're going with this. So I'm hope, like, it's for, it's actually free through comiXology. It's the, basically it's um, the first few pages of house of X one and powers of X one. Uh, and they look, they look neat. Uh, they look really neat. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to have to read a little bit of the backstory as to how they got there and stuff, but it looks fun. Okay, cool. And when does that come out? That should be, I think it's it's July, it's the end of July. So not next week, but the week after, I think. And 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 Hickman's right in one of them, um, and he's one of my favorites, so. All right, cool. Well, we will close up the pull list and move on. (laughs) Hello, miss. I am here to save you. Samurai Jack, oh my goodness, I'm saved. These Imakandi hunters captured me hours ago. Are you okay? You look really stressed out. I am a bit weary from my travels. Well, if you ask me, you need to go on a Geek Nation tour and have some fun. Oh, oh no. The hunters have returned. The more the merrier on a Geek Nation tour. It is entitled, Naturan de Manto, roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. All right, welcome into Read This, where we give you a trade paperback or a story arc or a single issue even, something cool to read along with us. And uh, this time around, it was Andy who made the pick, and uh, I was not familiar with it, but uh, just finished it up today. I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, so I'll let uh, Andy talk about what we chose for the most recent. Right, so we chose uh, The Boys, um, which was... Um... It's a so Garth Ennis is the writer, um, and this was specifically targeted at a more mature audience. Um, and yeah, for for sure, <laughs> for sure. So this was Dynamite, um, which is another one of the. So Dynamite should would have been technically marvel right i think or well wildstorm had it and then dyna i think it was i think wildstorm maybe even did just issue one and then right might had it yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and wildstorm was always a, a dc imprint as well but um or became a dc imprint but just to, so it is this is an 18 plus like and even then it's going to make some of you 18 to 25 year old squeamish. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's Garth Ennis, so I knew going in it was it was going to be uh, graphic and probably you know some some darker and and deviant type stuff. We should also mention it's uh, illustrated by uh, Derek Robertson, 
Um, but uh, but yeah, it is super adult in in nature. So if you if you didn't read along with us, but you you know after we talk about it, if it sounds interesting, just know going in, it is very uh, it is very graphic as far as um, it, not even so much violence. There's just a lot of sexual stuff in it. Right. Um, but what's interesting is he uses that some of that sexual stuff in a way to not glorify it but to make the people that are doing that stuff look the worst they possibly can. Um, so yes, for I, sure. So I actually, so I, I get there's some of that objectification that's, that's built into it, but I think he's doing it in a way to say like, these people are awful. Like, um, and like, I'm going to write this in there because this is what awful people do. So I need you to know that these are awful people so here are some of the awful things they're doing. Uh, yes, I, I agree with that. Yeah, you see, um, yes, the, they are definitely, it's not depicted in a gratuitous manner. It's depicted to illustrate, you know, the depravity of, of some of these characters. And, it, and it, so it's an interesting concept. It's, it's a world where superheroes exist um, and they're, you know, they're very famous and, and they have kind of this public image. But just like, you know, we see with whether it's movie stars or athletes or things like that in our own real world, when you learn more about what types of people they are, you know, behind closed doors, you realize that they're they're not icons. They're not people to look up to necessarily They're They have a lot of baggage and, and bad things that they do and, and bad parts of their personality. Uh, so it's a really even though we've seen, you know, superheroes gone bad, that type of thing before, I at least have never seen anything where it shows you, um, you know, superheroes that are, that are this depraved and, and uh, deviant and everything behind closed doors. Uh, and it's the idea, like, and it's, it's one of those things, too, where one of the main characters struggles to ever find anybody that's redeemable. Um, and then even when he does find somebody that is redeemable, he realizes that they're, they're not really redeemable. And even the organization that he works in, he knows that they're not the best people either, but they're, they have their own kind of moral code, which is better than most of the superhero population. Um, but it, it's that idea that if you have superpowers, um, you're going to need, or and there's superheroes out there, no government is going to let that exist without having some type of check to it. They, it just can't, it can't be done. And rather than trying to manage the existing superheroes, they just have another group that kind of operates on the fringes that knock those superheroes back into line. Um, and the other thing too, that's really interesting is, uh, and takes, he's taking a big dig at like the idea of like corporations too, because these, a lot of these superhero groups are just owned by corporations and the corporations are happy to allow these superheroes to do whatever they want as long as the merchandising that goes along with it. And I wonder if that's kind of like a dig at DC in terms of, you know, DC being ha like in the comic industry being happy to kind of monetize what writers have done, but not really care about the artistic content of what they're doing. Um, and especially with some of the news now of what DC is doing with some of their older imprints like Wildstorm, I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, that's even more relevant now. 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting. It, Garth Ennis is always thought provoking, so you know what he does here is is very interesting. And you know the the group that's kind of the main focus, the your kind of your. Uh, I don't, I don't, you don't want to call them protagonists because they're not really the good guys, but kind of your your main people that you're following, the boys, are led by this guy Butcher, who, again, you're you, he's not a good guy, but you can see he's got, you know, he he does have some, you know, his heart's in the right place with a few things here and there, but um, but yeah, these are the, this group that's kind of policing the the supposed you know icons and and the real good guys. Um, you know they're not they're not the best of the best either but they are necessary to to keep the other ones in line and 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 it it builds slowly we just read volume 1 uh and Andy you probably went further cuz cuz I know you generally do but uh I read volume 1 which is the first six issues and it's a slow build you're you're really not knowing cuz um butcher's trying to recruit this one guy who it's funny his name's they call him Wee Huey and he's clearly designed uh, to look like Simon Pegg so much so that Simon Pegg wrote the foreword to the to the um, to the trade um, and it's uncanny like Derek Robertson's uh, illustrations like it's you're like this is Simon Pegg it's 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 really well done but uh, yeah as Butcher's trying to kind of build his team or rebuild because he goes back and and gets some of his former um, teammates uh, and brings in this new guy you're not really sure what's going on and you get glimpses of uh the seven which are kind of like the their version of the justice league and um you know learn that that things are are not (laughs) all they seem to be with them and then there's this other group sort of like a either take off on x-men or or teen titans it's a it's a young squad uh called teenage kicks and they're just off the rails behind the uh behind the scenes so it's you're getting all these glimpses and you're not quite sure what's going on and then it slowly comes together and you realize what's happening and it and it just gets better and better yeah it's it's one of those so i had read it once a couple years ago um when did I, this come out too by the way do you know was it so was it this is too long ago right no it's like 2006 i think okay um yeah yeah so yeah the name of the game um so volume one contains the name of the game cherry get some and the glorious five-year plan um so that's issues one through 14 um so that's 2006 to 2008 because uh, i don't know that there was a regular publishing kind of schedule for that yeah yeah um yeah but that's and then i think i what they had available on comiXology this is the omnibus so i'm, I'm trying to see what it actually collected so we collect i'm just trying to see how much the much, omnibus might be everything because i when i went to download it it's not though it's so that goes to the, the name of the game i think it has one volume missing either that or the story just didn't finish right um because when you get to the end of that you're not you can tell you're not quite at the end um so i was trying to see what this collected i wonder if it's like the first so he did uh go back to this the boys so yeah no this i think this stops somewhere because the highland laddie is in there like uh barbary coast somewhere in there so there's i think there's probably like 20 more issues that weren't Oh, okay. kind of in there, but it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's it's really entertaining, and and again, you know, just a warning if you if you do 
go check it out. It is it is very graphic and not not one you want to be reading, you know, around the kids. Uh, but it's but it's good storytelling. It's uh, and Garth Ennis is always. I mean, he. I, I can't think of very many things that he's done that I haven't come away from, you know, really enjoying because he, he just, he, he's very, as I said before, thought provoking, kind of gives you different slants on on things that you've seen before, and um, always manages to do it with very interesting characters, very uh, just just very well thought out. Uh, He's, you could tell Ennis is, is a really smart guy because they're just a lot of the things, whether it's a, a plot from a supervillain or just the, how everything is coming together, the way that he ties things together and makes things work within a story is always really, really well done. Yeah, and it's um, and he and what's interesting about this too is he he does have kind of multiple kind of story arcs going too. So it's it a lot of it is you know it's the it's the boys versus the seven, but it's not, it's, um, it's almost like what you would think of as like in the cold war where you just had like uh, proxy wars. Uh, so you have little, little things that are happening here and there where, uh, the seven can't directly attack the boys and the boys aren't, inter- aren't necessarily looking to attack the seven. They're just looking to keep them in line. So it's all these little proxy things that keep happening. Um, and I really, I, I enjoy that. And then they'll, Still drizzle in kind of the history of what's happening and all that, all that fun stuff um, uh, throughout it. So yeah, it's 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 great. I I like it a lot. I I like the idea that superheroes aren't always good and need to be kept in check. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a great premise, uh, really executed well. And now I'm I'm I had seen that the TV show was coming out, but I you know I was I didn't know much about it. Um, but it's uh. So I'm looking a little more into it, um, uh, although I can't see. I'm not even sure where it's going to be. I'm not. It's already out. Rotten Tomatoes only gave it like a 68, I think. Oh, really? It says it because uh, what I'm looking at says it premieres at the end of July. Um, but it's interesting. It's it's developed by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, who did uh, Superbad. Yep. And um, the the cast is is solid. Carl Urban as uh, Butcher is is a great pick. I love Carl Urban. Uh, he's I, I love the Dread movie. I thought he was fantastic in that. Uh, Elizabeth Shue's in it. Um, you do get Simon Pegg in it as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Uh, I'm just wondering. Uh, and again, I can't I can't see what where it's being. Oh, it looks like it's Amazon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just wonder how graphic they're going to be with the series. You know what I mean, compared to the to the book. Yeah, I I don't know. I um, yeah, I. It's one of those things where I don't know how far they can go. Right. Right. Yeah, because you know, certainly some stuff pushes the. Uh, pushes the envelope on Game of Thrones and, and things like that. But I don't know if Prime has, and Netflix certainly does as well with some of theirs, but I, I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of Prime's uh, independent series that they have done, uh, or original series that they've done. So I don't I don't know how far they go with that type of stuff. But, um, but I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, so this looks like this goes, yeah, I think it's, I think it's basically the last 12 issues that I don't have here, but yeah yeah it's uh but uh, yeah i i really enjoyed it i'll definitely read more um but uh it's it's worth picking out 
uh, picking up if you're, you know, as long as you're okay with the the really adult content. But um, I think it's if that's does doesn't bother you, if you're okay with that, then I I think the story itself is uh, is definitely worth it because it's it is very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. No, I was glad it was a good pick because it was one I hadn't read, and with the the show coming out, that's a great um, great opportunity to to check it out. And then now I definitely want to see the show. So yeah, that was a good call. Cool. All right, so it is my turn to pick next month, and I was perusing Comicsology, and at first I was thinking, oh, maybe we'll do some manga because we haven't really done anything except uh, Battle Angel. And I was, uh, I was going kind of back and forth and just looking at a whole bunch of different things. I had about 10 different things I thought I was going to pick. Um, in the end, I went with something more mainstream uh, and a well-known story, but it's actually something I have never read. And it is on Comixology Unlimited, uh, so you can pick it up if you subscribe to that. It'll, it'll be free for you as part of that package. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Batman, A Death in the Family. All right. Um, yeah, I've I've actually never read it. I know the story. It's you know it was the whole famous thing with uh, the death of Jason Todd at the hands of the Joker. Spoilers, um, but it was that whole big thing that DC did where they had a telephone, two telephone numbers to call to see if fans wanted uh, Jason Todd as Robin to live or die. So it, it was a fascinating thing that DC did that had never been done before, and uh, became an iconic storyline and something very important in the Batman mythos. Uh, and I obviously knew all about it, but I've never actually read those issues, so I thought it'd be a good opportunity to, to go back and read that. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever read them either, so yeah, that'd be perfect. Okay, great. So if you want to read along with Andy and Ian, then check out uh, Batman, A Death in the Family. Uh, it is available in trade paperback if you don't have Comixology Unlimited. So uh, yeah, and it's it's definitely an iconic story, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to actually reading it and learning more about uh, the entire story behind it. So check that one out. GameMat.eu creates mats to game on. Bring your games to life and conquer the mightiest cities or discover long lost realms. Each battle mat is made from the finest rubber-based mouse pad material, so you can simply change your tabletop into a battlefield in no time. You can get your mat in a variety of sizes, plus you have your choice of resin terrain to add to your mat. Game on with GameMat.eu. And please don't make the super suit green. Or animated. All right, welcome into the Somebodies, where we pick a character to shine the spotlight on. And it was my choice this month. And I thought we haven't represented uh, female characters as much as maybe we should. And, and DC's also been kind of uh, a little bit lower on the, the list when I was going back and looking through the roster of, of who we've talked about. So I figured I'd kind of uh, knock both of those boxes out with uh, a female DC character. And I went with uh, Zatanna. Uh, or Zatanna, I don't know what the actual pronunciation is. I've always said Zatanna, but um, yeah. uh, and she's been on like cartoons and stuff like that, so I'm sure they say it. But or Zatanna or Zatanna, but um, anyway, she's uh, she's a very very powerful character within the DC universe and been around for a long time. Debuted in Hawkman, actually issue four in November of 1964. Uh, she was created by uh, Murphy Anderson as the artist and Gardner Fox as the writer. Gardner Fox. 
best known for The Flash and creating a bunch of The Flash's rogues gallery. Um, she is a she's both an actual magician and a stage magician and the father of a uh, legendary uh, magician named Zatara. And she's been in Justice League, uh, ties to Batman, things like that. She's just a, a very a very cool character and a very, like I said, a very powerful character as well. Yeah, it's, um, I do remember her from some of the Justice League cartoons. They make her very, uh, I don't know how to, like, kind of, they make her seem like a stage musician sometimes in that. Like, but I think all of the, like, there's a lot of the Justice League where, because Batman is so powerful, everybody else's superpowers um, are kind of off the charts sometimes. So it's like she can just do anything with magic, just like Green Lantern can do anything with the Green Lantern. And just like uh, the Martian, um, uh, John, uh, the Martian there can do anything as a Martian. Like, um, So it's really weird. It's, you don't get a whole lot of her kind of character development in those ones. So this will be this will be fun to kind of go through this. Yeah, she's uh, she's been in like you you did mention the the cartoons and stuff. She's she's been in a ton of the um, uh, animated work for uh, DC, especially the um, uh, what was it Justice League Unlimited. She was she was featured fairly regularly in that. Uh, she's also been she was in the original Batman the animated series, which again we've we need to do something with that series at some point because that series was just amazing. It was. Uh, uh, but she was on Gotham Girls, Batman Beyond, uh, Justice League Unlimited, as I mentioned, uh, Batman Brave and the Bold, which was kind of a fun uh, series that they did. That one, that one was very comic booky too. Really hewed closely to uh, a lot of the cooler and and some of the more campier comic book stuff. That that was a fun show. I don't know if you ever watched that one, The Brave and the Bold, but that was good. No, um, I don't. No, I don't think I did. Yeah, Young Justice. Uh, yeah, she's been in just just tons and tons of the. Uh, the animated stuff. I didn't realize she was in Smallville in the last few seasons. I I stopped watching Smallville somewhere around maybe season six or seven, and I think it went ten. Um, but just looking through her Wikipedia, it looks like she was in that uh, a decent amount as well, which is cool because uh, I really enjoyed Smallville. I just kind of – I don't know if I, I fell behind with it or what it was, but I just kind of fell off from it toward the end and maybe that's something I should revisit but um uh and then she's also supposed to be in the Justice League Dark movie in development and uh apparently has her own movie in development although with what we talked about happening at at DC and Warner Brothers you have to wonder if that might be one that gets shelved but um but as you were talking about with Infinity Warps she's in that what 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 have you seen from her in uh um in that in, no, no, she wouldn't be in Infinity Warps. Oh no! What uh, did I? Sorry, you're right. What, what was I? Oh, uh, Amalgam. So the Amalgam, old uh, that's the Amalgam. Right, she did. Yeah, she was Scarlet Witch. She they merged her with Scarlet Witch. So it was uh, Wanda White. Zatara, the yeah, White, White Witch. Witch. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was thinking of. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, not yeah. um. Not uh, not the Infinity Warps. Yeah, yeah. No, I knew what you meant though. I knew what yeah. you meant. Uh, you know what's funny is I so I did when they did the new Fifty Two. I read probably ten issues of Justice League Dark. Um, and it's funny, like her character was, I, I don't really even remember her character that much from that. Now that I'm like trying to go back and think of it, a, a lot of it was Constantine and, um, dead man. Um, 
but but she was in it as well. I, I just don't. I guess I just don't remember her uh, as much. Um, but again, I think that might have also been because just because I didn't know her character as well. I knew Constantine better, um, and I I always thought the character of uh, Dead Man was very interesting. So yeah, he's um, he's one we should talk about sometime too. He's a very interesting character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so Zatanna, in a, in addition to being a trained stage magician as um, as her father was, but she actually has powers, magical powers, and uh, essentially, I'm not sure if it's currently this way, if they've retconned it or anything, but it, it, it was, a re- a, pretty much she could speak something backwards and cast a spell, and uh, I mean, if you think about it, that's been, <laughs> it's incredibly powerful, uh, but she's been uh, romantically linked with John Constantine, um, and uh, just she's just, she's been around a long time, as we said, 1964, uh, was her first appearance and and has been fairly regular within uh, doesn't really have any gaps where she's gone away for a long period of time or anything she's um you know worked with the justice league worked with batman worked with a, a whole bunch of different um you know and they'll often when they do groups of female characters like black canary or whatever they'll, they'll throw her in too because she's um you know she's she's pretty well known and and powerful and adds kind of a different aspect to things when you talk about like black canary or huntress or or some of the you know uh, ones that either black canary obviously has powers but uh she's still more of a what you'd call kind of like a street level type superhero teams with green arrow a lot and things like that so and obviously huntress is like a you know very much like batman with training and things like that so she makes for an interesting addition when you throw her in with some of those other uh, female characters yeah, it, what's interesting to me too is so yeah, I think I think she like like she's a magical race too. I think that's part of what it is. Um, but it's it's one of those things where, I, and I'm glad we picked a kind of a female character to do this. That they sometimes get sidelined uh, when you have characters like John Constantine and uh, Doctor Fate um, that they're they always kind of take kind of center stage and could do kind of whatever they want to do um and i know those characters better just because they cross over with uh, with more kind of dc characters it'd be interesting to see if they can do something new with her because like there's the there's the enchantress too but she's on the like that's usually who they're fighting against right um um, but again that's um Again, I think I think part of the problem is they they put her in that stupid magician's assistant's costume. <laughs> I think that's I, I I think that's something that's always bothered me is that like they make her look less powerful with that outfit. Yeah, and and it's one of those things where I think they've kind of uh, painted themselves into a corner a little bit with it because it is iconic for her the fishnets and the kind of the the tuxedo and the top hat thing is that's her look so even attempting to update it you've gotta you've gotta kind of pay homage to it so it's it's a tough one because it is very outdated but at the same time you know she she doesn't wear a mask so there's no and and she's just got dark long hair there's no there's not enough distinctive enough about her appearance to uh you know what I mean to to signal to people that it's still her in a different costume. So I think I think they're they're kind of handcuffed with how to design a new costume for her. Yeah, um, yeah, but at the same time, like when Marvel did its uh, Scarlet Witch kind of solo, like 
they didn't have her in the ridiculous Scarlet Witch costume all the time. Like they had her dressed like normally. It's just, she was the center point of the story. So you knew who it was. Um, I think that's part of the problem is if you don't make her the center point of the story or you only partner her up with other female characters, then you do have to have like something to, to kind of distinguish her, you know? Um, but like you think of John Constantine, he just walks around in a, in like a trench, trench coat. coat. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's true. like Dr. Fate just gets to wear that crazy ass mask. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's immediately identifiable. As but that's one of those things like he gets to wear this mask that makes him look like powerful and like imposing. And John Constantine just gets to wear a trench coat and look like a badass. She has to wear a magician's assistant's costume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is arguably as powerful as either of those characters. So, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where I think there's some opportunity there. Like, I think it's a neat I think it's a neat uh, a neat character. Um, But I have a feeling it'll knowing knowing DC, it'll stay more. Although if she's going to be in Justice League Dark, maybe they'll do something neat with that. Yeah, because the translation to the screen is going to be interesting for her. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see what happens with her. But yeah, I thought she'd be a fun one to highlight, and she's um, again a, a very powerful character within uh, the DC universe, and and one that's um, not front and center and not known by the mainstream, but but I think has the potential to be a breakout character if if she's done well in the uh, you know in the movie in Dark uh, Justice League Dark, and if she really does get her own movie, that's that's pretty cool. So that uh, and there's obviously a uh, you know. In the current times, there's a, a, a big push for for strong female characters, um, and uh, she she definitely could uh, uh, make a nice counterpoint to the you know Wonder Woman's obviously iconic and has her own thing, and then Harley Quinn is a, a very different type of uh, character who's very well known, and and Zatanna really could come in there and offer a, a different type of uh, female character. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do with her. I just looked at the picture from her, from her Smallville appearance. I'm like, oh, it's, oh, the, did same, they have her in- it's the same costume. It's like, it? yeah. 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 I guess we're, we're never going to get rid of that costume. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see with the justice league dark. Yeah. Um, well, it says this is, you know, at one point there was she was supposed to get her own movie too. So I don't know. We'll yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, literally, if you look at the picture, it is the sexy magi- uh, magician costume. <laughs> well, I know that's a go-to for me when I want to go out on the town. So yeah, that's a that's a classic look. So. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things. Like you said, powerful character, interesting character. Let's update the outfit a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. All right, cool. Maybe uh, maybe that's uh, inspired you to check out uh, Zatanna and some of her adventures. So we will uh, we'll have another somebody for you next month. All right, I think we have come to the end of another issue, Andy. We do have some mailbag stuff. How? Oh, awesome. Yeah, let me uh, let me dive into that. And I've been trying um, to be better about looking at the Facebooks, but I guess I miss these. <laughs> well, I notice you're posting more, so. Yeah, I'm back. Let me see. Uh, sorry, I did not have this queued up, but um, uh, we did get a few questions on our Hero Man and Sidekick Boy Facebook page. Uh, our buddy Dan Roberts, I know, chimed in. And Dan sent a private message about some stuff to uh, check out, too, so you might want to check that out okay. and see uh, what he's got going on there. Let's see. Mailbag. I'm there going to it, too, and see what's on my side. 
So we have one from Jamie uh, D. Egan-Searle, who uh, is a frequent contributor and, and constant listener. We appreciate Jamie a lot. He uh, interacts with us a lot. Uh, Jamie wants to know what you do to get back into comics after a year or so break. Um, um, I think I, I think this goes along with the, the thing about what you do when you are trying to get into comics in the first place, I, th I think it's a little different for someone that's taking a break because you probably already have characters that you've, that you know, uh, that you like. Um, but I, I think they try and do a good job nowadays with comics in, in making it so you can get up to speed. There's the, the kind of the couple paragraphs usually at the start of a book. Now we'll explain what's going on. And I, I don't think it's, it's too difficult to jump back in with a, if it's a title that you, you know, with a character you like, or even trying something new. I mean, we certainly talk about enough stuff on here where I'm sure there's something that'll pique your interest. So I, I, I don't think getting back into comics after a break is, um, it should be considered too daunting. Well, the other thing too is, and again, I know we don't get any kickback from them, but like using something like comiXology where you could easily go back and see, like where a new story arc started. So if you've been gone for two years and a new story arc just started two issues ago, it's really easy to jump in and just buy those last two issues and then kind of move forward from there. Um, a lot of times too, some of that stuff from, you know, a year or two ago that might've popped up on comiXology. So you might be able to grab some of them uh, that way as well. But I think in, or even just going on to like Wikipedia and bringing up kind of some of your favorite characters and seeing where they are um, in story arcs. You know, I stay active with comics and I still have to do that because they're always like, you know, reboot, especially with reboots, both in the DC and the Marvel universe that are constantly happening. Like I'm always getting lost sometimes as to where it is. Um, because one thing I don't do a lot of is I don't read a lot of kind of industry news about comics. But I think that would be another way of kind of knowing where they're going. I get mine very tangentially through other like pop culture websites, uh, like the Nerdist and stuff like that. Um, and actually, I just started to re-listen to um, on the Major Spoilers Network um, their comic book uh, related and pop culture related podcast. Now I forget the name of it, um, which definitely. Uh, I guess it just says major spoilers. Like, I don't know what the actual name of the, yeah, but they, uh, the major spoilers comic book podcast is just what it is. Um, um, interestingly enough, and they're doing a review of Astro city confessions right now. So that's, Oh, one. nice. Well, yeah, that's why I wanted to listen to it. Um, but I think, I think using things like, Wikipedia or Comixology, even if you don't have a subscription to Comixology, you can still go in and look uh, and see and use that as a resource because um, you don't have to have a subscription. You don't have to have um, – you can go in and kind of look around at it um, without purchasing anything. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah that's a good so point. Yeah, so you can easily figure out where, where they are on a run. Um, but that also gives you an opportunity like for the ma major publishers too to just pull up their page and look and see what you know what's happening with you know some of your favorites that are out there yeah yeah good suggestions nice thank you for the question jamie uh and then our friend dan roberts has uh it's not a question but it's a recommendation and he says uh black hammer and invisible republic uh, he says invisible republic could easily be a hit t tv series a la the expanse 
So I think I so I have a couple issues of Invisible Republic. Um, that is something I started to read, and I don't remember why I fell off. But if it's a if it's a Dan Roberts uh, recommendation, I will definitely go back and and take a look <laughs> at it. I'm trying to see. I'm just trying to jump into the single issues to kind of see how many. Um, how many of those I read. Um, I think maybe one of the things that might've happened is in the beginning, it wasn't coming out. Um, yeah. So I read the first two, three, the first three. Um, so I'll go back and read those. I'll go to five, uh, to, uh, to see if it kind of picked up, but I think it was, I don't know what happened. Maybe I just, they didn't get into it enough. Um, but it looks like it's got a good, um, 15 or so at this point. So, Oh, nice. I'll go back and take a look. And maybe that's where it ends, too. I don't know. Um, okay. And then Black Hammer, that, I think there's some of that that's avail- that might even be available on Comixology. And that's one that comes up a lot. But I think it was the art style that kept me away. Um, it had kind of a exaggerated character. Uh, kind of like... Um, Similar to um, um, some of the um, uh, the demon guy there, um, Etrigan. Uh, no, no, no. For on more on the uh, dark horse side, uh, what, Hellboy. Oh, Hellboy. Hellboy. Um, and Hellboy and uh, what is it, Lobster Johnson? Yeah, like um, the, the Mike Magnola type work, like that. Yeah, but it's not. And... It, but it's not him though. So that's. Um, yeah, so I think I and I there is at least one secret Black Hammer Secret Origins that is that is available on um uh Comixology. So yeah, I'll go I'll I'll take a look at it. I'll give it a shot. Nice. All right. Well thank you to Dan and Jamie for the uh posts in the mailbag. You too can add to the mailbag by going to our Facebook page or you can email us. Uh I always put out my uh my personal email. Just make sure you put Hair Man Sidekick Boy in the subject line so I know to, you know, wade through all the other uh stuff I'm getting from political <laughs> parties and and uh Viagra and all this other stuff that apparently people think I need. Uh so just about here- Yang, things about your way. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh uh, yeah, just nothing but Yang and Wang in my uh, inbox. So just put uh, Hero Man and Sidekick Boy in the uh, in the subject line, and uh, it's I M C L A R K at Comcast.net is how you can get to me. And uh, if it's a question for both of us or whatever, that's great. I'll pass it along to Andy. But uh, we do love the interaction, and, and we're very appreciative of listeners like Dan and Jamie who are frequent contributors and uh, and listen every month. So we do appreciate that. Um, I think we're done, Andy. Yeah, no, this is a this is a good run through. Uh, I had fun uh, this week with these, and uh, looking forward to next month. And like Ian said, you know, reach out. Uh, more than happy to answer questions. We I like having discussions about comic books, not just kind of doing reviews of it. So I think this is a good one. We had some interesting topics to talk about. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I will. I know I say this all the time, but I'll, I'll try and be better and catch up on my my pull list and. Uh, uh, try and uh, maybe branch out and try some new things too, so that I can bring a little more to the to that segment because Andy very much carries that segment with his large reading list. But so I I appreciate it. Well, again, it's one of my favorite things. Like I, I'm on the road a lot, so every Wednesday I'll go on, I'll download a bunch, and it gives me it gives me something to read every week. Um, like I said, I would 
I would love to be able to collect physical comics, but I'm just, I'm not home enough to go to the store and do it. Uh, so I am lucky that I can do the digital comics and I can, you know, kind of really just try things out whenever I want that way. But I, you know, if I could, I would support, and I try, I try to support my local comic book stores in other ways. Um, but again, that's a little bit tougher for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with your work schedule, it, the digital format just makes so much sense for you. So that's, uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, awesome. Well, we will be back in August and uh, uh, very appreciative, as we said before, of, of our listeners. And uh, if, if you want to spread the word, let people know about the Freebooters Network, leave uh, iTunes reviews, and you can even signal out uh, Hero Man and Sidekick Boy on there and, and let people know that you re- enjoy the show and, and try and bring some other folks on. Uh, we do appreciate that very much. But uh, uh, I think we are good for this time. And I will say thank you, as always, to Andy. Yeah, and thank you, Ian. And we will be back next month. Until then, it's a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening. Oh,